Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda. This is the The Pemberley Podcast. Never gets old. Love doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everyone, to week two of the Pemberley Podcast. We are so excited to be back, and we're going to be diving into episodes three and four of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. But before we do that, we just want to thank everyone who's reached out to us via social media or email Mm -hmm. even. Uh, We've received some lovely feedback so far, which is unprecedented and lovely. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we truly are just fans. Um, I remember four years ago when this episode was premiering, I was one of the crazy people tweeting at Lizzie and, you know, Ashley Clements, who plays her, and reaching out to everyone and commenting on YouTube and... It's just, like, really nice to be on the receiving end of your warm opinions of our podcast. And we're really glad that it's nostalgic for you all, too. That's the main thing we've been seeing is that everyone's saying, this is so nostalgic, or I haven't rewatched Lizzie Bennet Diaries in a while, so this is perfect, and yeah. we're, we're right there with you. So yeah. we're, we're happy that everyone's so far seems to be enjoying this so far or yeah no what i didn't realize is um i mean we talked last week about how a lot of people have been discovering it since it came out right and it was exciting at the premiere because not only did you get to see the videos come out but you got to see the tweets and the facebook and everything else and this is kind of giving the people who discovered it later like after it premiered to sort of have the anticipation of something new coming out. Like, yeah. I mean, kind of like we also said last week, even though we all know what happens because it's an over 200-year-old book, it's still really fun to wait and see how other people interpret it. Yeah, I think that's the fun part of it, and we're excited to continue on this journey. Yeah, I mean, speaking of nostalgia and uh, the 200-plus-year-old book that this is based on, uh, I have been rereading Pride and Prejudice along with, you know, we're rewatching the series to do the podcast. I am like holding the book right now. I am rereading it and like in heaven right now. I'm- That'll be cool uh, a bit later and we'll kind of compare to what mm-hmm. you have noticed, what are the differences or similarities with the series. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I'm actually, I've gone back and I'm watching the miniseries for Ooh, the first time. The first time. Yes. Yeah, so, Such a good miniseries. Yeah, I've just watched the first episode, which actually covers a lot. Like, Really? Well, yeah, because think about it. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people know the Kira Knightley movie version. Yeah. Which is like two and a half hours. But I mean, it's like, what, a six hour miniseries? I think so. Like six episodes? Yeah. Where are you at the, you've watched episode one. Like I've what al- happened? Yeah, uh, well, a lot. but basically it ends where lizzie goes to netherfield to to pick up or to to be with jane oh because she's sick well she's genuinely sick she's sick but no thanks to her mother (laughs) right right i found that the mom in this version is so much more annoying really than any other version of proud and prejudice i've seen so far i think she's she comes off as much more invasive okay but maybe it's just like the actress's choice too of like that's how she she wanted to be more like loud and more boisterous but right no uh, i mean i think she's typically seen as a very histrionic character hmm. oh but um speaking of other adaptations uh last week i mentioned that i had to get out and see bridget jones's baby 
And I did. Me and my mom went out and saw it, and I would recommend it. I mean, of course, it doesn't follow any possible plot line from Pride and Prejudice, but, I mean, Bridget Jones is a character that I really enjoyed watching. I feel like it's sort of your quintessential rom-com, forgive me for those of you who hate that terminology, your, <laughs> your quintessential romantic comedy with Colin Firth, who, you know, we know Lizzie knows and loves. And uh, I really would encourage you, like, with the skyrocketing movie ticket prices nowadays, I would say if you're going to spend your money at any movie, you should do this one because it's lovely and sometimes you feel like it's heartbreaking, but then they rally and it's happy in the end. That's good to hear. Yeah. Bridget Jones, still at it again. (laughs) Still at it again. All right, so now diving into episode three, which was written by Margaret Dunlap. In this episode, we meet the parents, and we meet the Bennets, of course, still in costume theater. We don't actually see Lizzie's parents, Mm -hmm. but we get a good idea uh, of how they are and how they act, and we see that even though maybe we thought Lizzie exaggerated her, her mother's aspirations to get her daughters married mm-hmm. that's very much so still true yep. and how determined she is to get them married oh yeah mrs bennett ceases to amaze me in terms of her stocking skills because she's doing drive-bys of bing lee's house and also something that we brought up last week was is mrs bennett really marriage obsessed or is that just lizzie's biased point of view and I will say she's not completely off because in rereading the book, it says at the end of chapter one, the business of her life, her meaning Mrs. Bennett, was to get her daughters married. Its solace was visiting and news. So our third person, omniscient narrator, is just as convinced that Mrs. Bennett is legit just out there to get her daughters married. Which I mean, in that time... It's that's kind of what they had to do. It's like for women at that time, they couldn't own property. They couldn't work or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So it's like to live. They had to get a job. You had to get money and you got money by getting a man who had it. Right. So kind of like just like Hamilton, like. I'm a girl in a world and we try only jobs to marry rich. Right. That's how it was for them. But now in the modern adaptation, I don't think I've met a mother as determined as Mrs. Bennett to get her daughters married. Uh, Maybe there's people out there who definitely know like their (laughs) parents are like that. But do do you think it works for you to see like how determined or how like pushy she is of getting them married? Even like to the point of stalking? I think it's very entertaining. Um, And I can't say that I personally know anyone who's this extreme about it. Especially since... I mean, it's seen as, seen as a much more extreme circumstance now because in Lizzie Bennett's modern age, we don't. she doesn't need the man to get the money. She's getting a master's degree for that, even though she's doomed to unemployment breach. Um, <laughs> she, you know, they, the Bennett sisters don't need that, but her mom is still kind of hanging on to that idea that they don't need it, but they really should. So, I, I, like I said, I think it's more than anything, it's very entertaining because i don't have this problem yet (laughs) so we have a really good idea of mrs bennett now i think we have a better idea of who she is and her her uh, motivations but now we get to we were introduced to mr bennett Mm -hmm. as played by charlotte lou yes the pipe smoking fedora toting yes father 
who is the complete opposite of Mrs. Bennett. Oh yeah. They don't know how they're together, but yeah, they, they somehow somehow they work together. But yeah, I think it still follows like the book, the in he mm-hmm. in the, you know in the book and the adaptations and every every kind of version. He's always like this, just newspaper reading. Uh, like just, everyone, leave me alone. I'm gonna yeah. lock myself away from the world now, and yeah. I love it that way. I think yeah. I, really identify with that guy (laughs) yeah you're just like all right woman like fine i've done the thing you did you asked for and now leave me alone to my books yes another part of lizzie's dad that we see is the chart that lizzie Mm -hmm. has made of things her dad enjoys so i was wondering if you had to make a chart of things you enjoy what would you put on that chart Oh my like gosh. top top five top five sushi reading really good books <laughs> traveling I really like the overpriced leather bound journals at Barnes and Noble okay um it's my dream to own one that costs thirty four ninety five plus tax <laughs> it's the dream <laughs> yeah. and like not think a thing about it right. You, you look at them, you open them, oh, yeah, but I then s- you put it back. I 100% smell them. They really should just give them to me at this point. <laughs> I'm so creepy in there. And I also like fall-scented candles, Ooh. and I'm very excited because we're really getting into fall, and I, I think it's time, because my birthday is this weekend, I should treat myself to Ooh. a like an apple or like pumpkin spicy scented candle, and I that, should do that. That sounds good. That, yeah, those those make me happy. What what makes you happy? What's on your chart? So I probably should have given you more of a heads up because I had more time to think about That's re- this. So Here, why don't you just go? I I put chai tea lattes, uh, watching You've Got Mail because it's like one of my favorite rom coms. Oh yeah, and movie trailers before the movie starts. That's a good one. Answering the trivia questions before the movie previews start. That is life, yeah. Yeah, I always like, I'm like too proud of getting those right all the time. <laughs> and I didn't have a fifth thing, but probably just, I'll say, reading good books. That's a good one. I'll go with that. Wait, you know what we should add? I just was thinking about it. We should add Carrie Mulligan to the list. <laughs> so think about it. She was our kitty. Yeah, because she didn't get married. She was our kitty in the 2005 yes. version. Yes. It was like her first movie she was ever in. But ever since, she's just... She's just kicked ass and really been in, like, a lot of these independent movies that I just love. Like, yeah. I remember An Education came out when I was in high school. And it just, like, that trailer, speaking of movie trailers, I remember just watching that trailer over and over again thinking, what small theater can I go to watch this? Because I just loved it. And she was in Suffragette. And also, more recently, kind of in line with this, she was in Far From the Matting Crowd. I should get paid to advertise this because, like, I feel like I just preach it to everyone. Go see Carrie Mulligan and Far From the Madding Crowd. It was made in 2015. It stars Carrie Mulligan, and she's got her three leading men, Matthias Schoenartz, uh, Michael Sheen, and Tom Sturridge. And it's just, like, one of those visually breathtaking movies, and I love the soundtrack, and I love everything she wears, and everything she does, and I feel like I want to have, if I have a kid one day, I want to name her Bathsheba, just because that's the character's (laughs) name. So I guess we've now transitioned into becoming the Carrie Mulligan podcast, (laughs) and we are going to just highlight everything she's ever done, because she's great. I'd like to replace candles with Carrie Mulligan on my chart. totally fine you can replace it it's not set in stone great during costume theater we do get lizzie's 
interpretation of her dad's interpretation (laughs) of introducing his daughters. And we see that with Lizzie, her fault is that she's unemployable. With Jane, she's too pretty, so she'd just be a trophy wife. Mm -hmm. But with Lydia, and again, going back to the first episode, she is, (laughs) I love Julia Cho's delivery of this line, (laughs) and my daughter, Lydia, bit of a slut (laughs) (laughs) lydia's still getting slut shamed in episode three and then she kind of barges in and she's like hey i heard that and makes her apologize which is good stand up for yourself yeah i there's a lot of layers happening there because this is first of all an introduction to a stranger so you want to put your best foot forward well let's re-examine it's a hypothetical introduction to a stranger right and it's not just because her dad was the one who did it, it's her interpretation of his interpretation of what would have happened if he had told the truth. Right. But I do like that kind of, even through this, we are still seeing the dynamics of the sibling relationships. So yeah. We still see, we have a bit more of an idea of what the relationship between Lydia and Lizzie is like. Mm-hmm. And that's fun to see because it it kind of you're still building up this idea of all the sisters and how they all interact with one another. Well, it's interesting that you point that out because I feel like we now see Lizzie's got a really good relationship with Jane and she loves Lydia. Her relationship isn't as strong, but we don't really know what Lydia and Jane's relationship is. It's kind of like this missing link in the triangle of Bennett sisters. Yeah, so and far it's just Lizzie kind of in the middle. Yeah. Also the middle sister, but she's in the middle so far of the story of kind of our, our interpretation of this entire world. Exactly. I'm excited to see how that plays out because even though we're understanding more and more about the Bennett family dynamic, I still feel like we don't have everything. Well, let's uh, move on to episode four because I feel like that's actually a pretty meaty episode. And now that we've reached episode four, we can kind of observe that a lot of what we've seen in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries so far is exposition because episode one was meet Lizzie Bennet. Two was here are my sisters. Three was meet the parents. And episode four is meeting Bing Lee. Like we finally are learning little tiny pieces of information about him. Yeah, and by the way, this episode was written by Rachel Kylie. But yes, we are learning more about the men of the show, or men in the story. Oh, them. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning more about Bing Lee that's emphasized again that he's a rich med student. Single man. (laughs) Which somehow exists rich med student that's kind of oxymoronic yes. in my opinion <laughs> i think if you're a rich med student you're already doing great for yourself don't even be a med student just yeah. go about your life just yeah. being rich <laughs> don't give away your money anymore but it's the return of the 2.5 wpf club grapevine yeah. because mrs bennett hears from charlotte's mother a little bit about Bing Lee. Very Wisteria Lane. All the all the housewives <laughs> kind of talking to each other and sharing the gossip. That was such a great show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we find out exactly how ballsy Mrs. Bennett is and how far she's willing to go to get information on her future son-in-law. We, yes. <laughs> we hear that she is talking to the neighbors, talking, mm-hmm. getting information from them. I'm sure Lizzie exaggerates, but we hear that she is driving by the house yep. a few times a day checking his mail which i don't believe is true I, but well, imagine 
I guess I just think that, like, stealing mail is technically a federal crime. Right. Like, a federal crime. Like, right. the feds could come after you. I wonder, like, what could she figure out from his mail if he just moved in? His credit card bills. Ooh. She's is like he really that holding rich? it up to the sun and trying to see in. <laughs> I know. Is she opening the mail? Because I think <laughs> actually that's the illegal part. Yeah, I think that's the part. Yeah. Uh, although you still shouldn't approach people's mailboxes. It's really creepy. But I, I think this is actually a, also a really strong Lydia episode because yeah. uh, she kind of pops in and out, but she is kind of the bearer of information in this case and performance by Mary Kate Wiles. I mean, she was just so hilarious. I yeah. Think. Like top-notch Lydia at her finest. And, and this is also where we find out, like, kind of speaking to that of how far is Mrs. Bennett willing to go? Mm-hmm. She paid her daughter 10 bucks to go like, drive by this mansion. I wish my mom would pay me to stalk people. Yeah. I would be so much richer. Yeah, and I don't know if Mrs. Bennett is intending on Lydia to marry Bingley, but she's just like, go, 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 just go like drive around. Bye. Just say what you say and... We learn about his potential harem. I'm just saying, if you really love me, you would share him. <laughs> we may cut that part out. Yeah, it's okay. It was fun for us. Uh, but yeah, we learn about his harem is made up of his sister. And just his sister. Yeah, and just his sister. It's just not the 500 teenage, teenage prostitutes. <laughs> that was yeah, hilarious. Like, what, what was it? Like, teenagers and prostitutes <laughs> and not so distant cousins. <laughs> That was hilarious. It like, was. I forgot what a funny joke that was. Yeah. Ashley Clements as Mrs. Bennett is just killing it. She's doing oh, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Pulling off those huge earrings. Let's not overlook the fact that something pretty significant happens in episode four. We are introduced to our leading man. Darcy. At two minutes and 51 seconds, the word Darcy is said. I didn't realize you I took did. it that seriously <laughs> that you decided to time it. Well, it's just the time code. Well, I, I guess it gives it to you, but I think sure. it's very impressive. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, Lydia gives a great delivery, too. Yeah, She's like, like, what's his name? Darcy. First. It's like, oh, oh, okay. It's like this huge delivery, this huge buildup in anticipation. It's mm-hmm. just like, Darcy. All right. First or last name. <laughs> like, any other information? Like, no. She nope. just calls him Darcy. That's, That's all we've got. And it's interesting because, you know, as I've been reading along in the book, uh, we don't just hear the name Darcy, although it does happen pretty soon. Um, we get a, a a quote. We not only do we hear his name, but word gets around town. I don't think I'm spoiling anything for anyone when I say that Darcy has kind of a stinker personality. Jane Austen writes, he was the proudest, most disagreeable man in the world, and everybody hoped that he would not come there again. And... Uh, I think that's pretty powerful to speak on behalf of everyone that they hope that he goes away and never, ever comes back. But we don't know that about him yet. We don't know his personality. We just know right. that he's hot and potentially single. They may be hot and single together or they're too hot and single to be gay. You don't, you never know. Who said that in the book? Was that Elizabeth? You Is mean hot just- and single to be gay? Right. <laughs> That he was the proudest, most disagreeable man, or is that it was just the narrator? The narr- the narrator. Yeah, okay. it was. It, it's not anyone saying anything about him. It's the okay. narr- it's uh, our third person omniscient narrator saying like, here's the situation. He's pretty horrible, and That's everyone agrees. <laughs> everyone agrees. I agree. The narrator and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but speaking of uh, Darcy, 
I love how Lydia's next line is, isn't that Colin Firth's name in that chubby Zellweger movie? The mention of Bridget Jones's diary without, again, naming Bridget Jones's diary. (laughs) And like it kind of refers back to episode one when she's like, I love Rain, classic novels, and any movie starring Colin Firth. Another little Easter egg that I'm 100%, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically at one point in Bridget Jones's baby, someone says Mark Darcy's full name. And his full name is Mark... Fitzwilliam Darcy and I was in the theater like hitting my mom like mom they did that did you see where they took that and she cared a lot less than I did okay but I was nerding out but Lydia is saying that Lizzie does like this movie and Lizzie confirms that so because it's got Colin Firth right so do you think Lizzie has watched Bridget Jones's baby at this point if she if she is still is in the world I think she got a ticket for the midnight premiere, <laughs> and I think she loves it. I, I think it had a really great message. But again, if she's a fan and if she's watched it multiple times, I'm assuming, yeah, she should realize that it's her life story. She should. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> In a different universe. Yes. But I like to imagine... She would at least realize, wait, my life is going, something's weird. (laughs) Something's weird. Someone's someone's writing my life. So far, we don't know exactly what Lydia does in her free time besides listening in on Lizzie's conversations and her recording her vlogs. She just kind of seems to hang around the house because Jane has a job that she works many hours and is underpaid. Right. Lizzie spends most of her time doing grad school work. And we don't really know yet what Lydia is up to. She just kind of, if the videos are any indication, she just kind of sits with her ear pressed against Lizzie's door. (laughs) That's what it seems like. It's kind of either they have super thin walls or she has her ear pressed against the wall or both. Could easily be both. What's interesting about what we learned in episode four is kind of talked about how Lizzie, this is kind of like supposed to be her mundane everyday blog, vlog for her uh, life. But what we kind of don't realize with the whole, like, I mean, it's fictional. And there's a layer and a whole other layer going on here that Bing Lee moving into town is kind of the inciting incident of all of this. Yeah. I mean, we are really only seeing Lizzie and her family's reaction to this guy moving in. And we never get a chance to see what their life was like before. And I mean, we can assume it was a bunch of like, you're not married, you're still single. And I'm sure it was a lot of stuff like that. But the Bennets are kind of, and therefore the story is kind of molding itself around these new people mm-hmm. moving to town. And I mean, who knows what that timeline would have looked like if he hadn't moved there, you know? Like it would have just been a bunch of mundane stuff you know just whatever happens in random cities in southern california yeah I imagine, which is not much we know <laughs> right i imagine like with any small town if like oh there's someone new or there's someone in your community that's new you're like oh mm-hmm. who's this new person and suddenly all the moms are like nudging their daughters and mm-hmm. like hey like he's new he's handsome single and rich <laughs> i don't know if, if they really do that but food for thought why don't we move on to my favorite part of this yes the comment section the youtube comment section where we went through and grabbed some of our favorite first or most noteworthy comments from episodes three and four so uh yolanda would you like to do the honors of reading the the first comment the very first comment of episode three by john 
Cairns. And what he had to say, I think, is very insightful, Jillian. I, I'm just going to just tell it to you, and you just need to take it in, okay? Okay, okay. Yas. Yas? Yas. Yas Queen? Which, I mean, this was 2012. Was that was saying that back oh then gosh. a thing? I mean, I always thought that, like, Alana from Broad City <laughs> made that up. But no. uh, clearly... John here beat her to the punch. He, John was he ahead of the, the curve. The first part of it, yas, yas, just the yas. Yes, I and love that. Going on to the next comment is by is that LLC. Yeah, LLC eighty eight says I agree with other comments. A rich med student, such things do not exist. Which it, yeah, we kind of talked about earlier. Yeah, it's a very contradictory statement to be a rich med student. Yep, give give away all your money to class. <laughs> And moving on to the comments from episode four. Jillian, why don't you go ahead? First comment. By uh, Addie and Amber, who said, yay, heart first. I mean, mostly people just like to celebrate. I mean, you kind of have to know what you're going to say. Like yeah. when those videos were published immediately, you had to know what you wanted to say. And because obviously you had not watched it yet, you just wanted to comment right away. All you could really say is... Yay, first or first. anything because yes. you can't comment on the video yet because people are freaking impatient yeah i think i may have come across that a couple of times with videos where you're you are the first comment and you're there and you're like what do i say i want to be brilliant i want to be smart and then like it's too late it's too late to be brilliant because someone's already commented first i would like to go back in time and like write a whole paragraph or like an essay just talking about how much I love the Lizzie Bennet Diaries and then just as soon as it comes up just paste it instead of <laughs> saying first it. I just like paste it and I have my thoughts down and, and that's it's a, brilliant. that would have set the tone for all the comments oh my gosh I would have shamed everyone uh, that would have uh, been brilliant well speaking of comments we're gonna move on to soul of stars <laughs> who says frolicking in the meadows holding hands amazing 500 women and he's rich, handsome, and single. So already some great quotable. Yep. I love this other comment from Exceptionally Ordinary who said, I have a test on Pride and Prejudice tomorrow. Does this count as studying? Kind I, of. I think it 100% counts as studying. They really, <laughs> so far we haven't really deviated from the book, you know? We're, yeah. we're still in the early stages and we're just meeting everyone and getting to know their personalities. I mean, I don't know the comparison of watching all of the Lizzie Bennet diaries or just reading the book. Mm-hmm. Like, how, which one's faster and which one is actually more beneficial for your studying? But sure, go ahead. Watch the Lizzie Bennet diaries instead of studying. Well, I'm... Maybe it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. More, maybe it is more fun. And going on to the last comment we're going to highlight by Rihanna Mathis, who says, I know this is fake and all. But why is Jane defaulting on her student loans? <laughs> that will screw up your credit forever. You can call them, apply for reduced rates. This girl's giving advice. You can call them, apply for reduced rates, or a ton of other things. Don't just default. Fictional Jane must be smarter than that. This is hilarious. I love how the trials of the Bennett sisters are affecting real people on such a deep personal level right. that they are giving out free student loan paying advice <laughs> to the fictional Jane. I mean, this is, this is, I, I want to file this information away. This is good to know. I feel like her parents should know about this if she's living under their roof. What kind of parent isn't teaching their child about finances? Come on now. Come on, oh, Bennett's. Well. Step it up. And uh, all right. Well, that kind of about does it for our comment section. But 
the fun interaction isn't over yet. Uh, every day before we record our episode, we are going to post a poll on Twitter, and we would really love it if all of you would participate because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And this week, the question was came from uh, episode three of Lizzie Bennet Diaries and saying, if you had to sign up for one of the reality shows that Lizzie came up with, which would you choose? And the options were Matchmaker Wedding, Marry a Rich Med Student, or Survivor, My Parents. And the results were 50% said Matchmaker Wedding, 42% said Marry a, a Rich Med Student, and at very, very low third, 8% said Survivor, My Parents. Slightly less sexy title than matchmaking or marrying a rich med student. Right. I think everyone, Survivor, My Parents is sort of a, a daily occurrence, so <laughs> don't want to continue living you that. You mean my everyday life? That's not worth it. But if it's like Survivor and the outcome is you win a million dollars, why wouldn't you do it? Then you wouldn't need your rich med student That's or anything. That's very true. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Let's try our best to guess what the other person did. I think you voted Matchmaker Wedding. You're right. Ah, yay! Yeah. I think my initial vote was going to be for a Marry a Rich Med student. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, like, that's probably, like, just going on The Bachelor. And <laughs> Oh, my gosh, yes! It's just very competitive and catty and just wouldn't want to be part of that world. So I thought Matchmaker Wedding sounds a bit more almost formal and like there's going to be a matchmaker who's going to set you up with someone who's going to be great. I don't know what everyone else's interpretation of these reality shows was, but that was mine. No, I agree because I think you're right. Marry a Rich Med Student does have kind of a competitive edge to it. Yeah. Whereas Matchmaker Wedding, I mean, personally, it made me think of that reality show, The Millionaire Matchmaker. Oh, okay. It's not, maybe they renewed I I used to really like it when it was sure. on in like high school, but it also reminded me of, you know, the song from Fiddler on the Roof, Matchmaker. That's, matchmaker. that's also why. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you voted for Matchmaker I did, wedding. but okay. you know what? I will say that Marry a Rich Med Student was a really close second. It because was. while I would, while I myself would not like to participate in the cattiness in the com in the competition that involves marrying this rich med student, I would like watching it because I love sure. watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to sign off in the same way that Lizzie does at the end of episode four. Are you ready? Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop. whoop.